0: Thank you all for tuning in to the Your Edge podcast. I'm Therese Van Rijn, Global PR Director for Zebra Technologies, and I'm here today with three of Zebra's healthcare leaders Ricky Jennings, Zebra's Chief Nursing Informatics Officer, James Wu, Zebra's Healthcare Practice Lead in the APAC region, and Elizabeth Miller, Zebra's Healthcare Lead in the Australia and New Zealand market. Both Ricky and Elizabeth are registered nurses. And James was previously the group CIO of a private entity with hospitals in Singapore. I've asked them to join because there has been a lot of discussion lately about what healthcare systems and hospitals in particular could do better to manage their equipment and supplies. As we're all aware, clinicians have had to be very strategic in their use of critical life-saving equipment, such as ventilators, as well as basic supplies during the COVID-19 outbreak. However, healthcare administrators have been thinking about ways to improve asset management and inventory management for some time now. COVID-19 simply fast-tracked planned efforts to enhance track and trace capabilities within the four walls of acute and non-acute facilities. Since these 30 leaders have been working closely with healthcare systems to address this very, very issue, I thought they could share insights about the progress being made, as well as the best practices, process enhancements, and technology platforms that have proven most effective in improving inventory management capabilities. Thank you all for joining me today. It's a pleasure, Therese.
1: Pleasure. Thank you, Therese.
0: Absolutely. Thank you. COVID-19 depleted many hospitals' inventories of basic supplies, which caused a simultaneous surge in replenishment orders that ultimately strained the supply chain. How can we learn from this and be better positioned to manage inventory moving forward as well as in an emergency response situation? Why don't we start with you, Ricky and Elizabeth, I'd love to hear from you as well.
1: Absolutely, thanks, Therese. There's a saying you can't manage what you can't measure. Without visibility and insight to the materials and use, the stock levels, and general status, as well as location and of vital equipment, there's a strong likelihood that clinicians in patient care could resort to stockpiling, or worse yet, left without the key assets they require to provide the utmost quality patient care. There is opportunity here to do exactly what you said, Therese learn from this experience and more widely adapt technologies that bring visibility to the required resources such as stock levels to those departments who are responsible for ensuring that there are adequate supplies at the patient's bedside
2: i just want to add to that uh, ricky and and then i think with the hospital stock levels have a like a, a backup supply i think that's really important um, as they're managing their inventory management of stock levels and stuff, but also they have manufacturing capabilities locally. And in this experience, we had a, a, a company called Mecon in Shepparton in Victoria. They're a family business. They actually bought in the Reserve Army to run that factory 24-7 to produce masks locally for us here in Australia. And then we also had another organisation called the Southern Queensland University, and they got together and started playing um, making face shields. So collectively between the two, they are actually able to service our Australian market quite comfortably.
0: Excellent, thank you for those insights, James. I know that many healthcare systems have struggled to manage their assets for quite a while now. This isn't something that was necessarily prompted by the COVID nineteen pandemic. My daughter is a nursing student and has shared with me that frantic experience she had hunting down misplaced equipment needed to care for a patient in crisis. It's also not unusual for essential supplies to be out of stock because no one alerted the procurement team that the last ones were used. I also understand that managing the servicing or sanitation of equipment has proved to be a challenge in some facilities, which ultimately renders some assets unusable for a long period of time. Why is that? What has caused these challenges to go unresolved for so long? Do you think it's a matter of process and procedure or a lack of technology and therefore visibility?
3: Well, uh, Therese, that's uh, actually a very, very uh, good question. In fact, uh, I understand where your daughter is actually coming from. I have uh, witnessed uh, nurses from uh, Singapore uh, uh, General Hospital. They were complaining of insufficient wheelchair, right? And Mm. they were hunting high and low for, for a wheelchair, and um, including, they were also sharing with me that sometimes they even have to hunt down big ticket items, like what mobile imaging equipment that's usually shared between the operating rooms, because these are so high uh, value items that you know generally you don't buy one for an operating room, but rather you share between operating rooms. So in essence, I think a lot of time is actually wasted to search for this equipment. Now, on the issue of poor equipment condition, it is very likely, I mean, at least based on what I saw in uh, Asia Pacific is very likely is due to one very simple reason is due to lack of budget, uh, you know, to maintain or replace uh, aging or spoil uh, assets. Which, you know, sometimes when we go to hospital, we, we, you know, we always comment like, oh, this is a poorly equipped hospital. And generally, it's uh, that 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 is actually the uh, downstream impact of not uh, a, a hospital with a poor budget. Now, if if budget is not an issue, then then what I'm seeing here is there's always a lack of process to identify and tag uh, aging or unusable assets for replacement, that's one. The second one here, it's, uh, you know, regardless of the size of the hospital, so long as the staff cannot eyeball the equipment, nor is there a process to, say, park a shared equipment or assess at a certain common area, or then some form of technology is actually required to track their usage and also to trace them down as to where where they are and who is using it. And generally, the demand level for such technology is driven um, by the size and layout of the hospital. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Very insightful. Elizabeth, what would you recommend to hospitals and clinics that want to improve their inventories and asset management capabilities? What's going to ta- What's it going to take to eliminate these types of issues once and for all? Well, I
2: think at the moment, um, Therese, what we're seeing is society's adoption of technology, which is driving the digitalisation of technology in hospitals and in healthcare around the globe. And some of those hospitals are at different levels, particularly if they're public or private. So my recommendation would be to, uh, as uh, James touched on, finances are always a challenge, but if hospitals could invest in the clinical mobility, and that's going to create workflow efficiencies, and it'll also better utilise the limited resources that they have I also think they should um, provide software solutions for inventory management because many of them c- currently don't have it and I also think providing barcode items for scanning capabilities so that they can scan medicines prosthetics equipment consumables loan equipment and such things like that but more importantly to ensure that they have constant real-time visibility of assets uh, and or of their people in, in terms of staff and patients so i think that would be embracing the digital technology, uh, would be, you know, advantageous for a hospital moving forward. Mm-hmm.
0: I think all of those items you listed would give nurses a, a better opportunity to spend more time at the bedside with their patients as well, right? And, and less paperwork. Absolutely. And 100%. And <laughs> <say I> mean, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's
2: not uncommon to do Sounds
0: like you agree, Ricky.
2: Looking for stuff looking for equipment and, and whatnot, it's it's really challenging. So, you know, to have this technology available moving forward would be a blessing. Sure, sure. Mm-hmm.
0: Ricky, That's it right. sounds like you agree.
1: Wholeheartedly. I think the key here is automation and real-time visibility. This carries over and benefits across all departments within the organization. And those who provide direct patient care are are most wholeheartedly um, of benefit. Here, so that they can focus on that task and um, less tasks it requires around supply chain and asset management. Um,
3: yeah, mm-hmm. let me add to what uh, Elizabeth had mentioned. Right, in terms of mm-hmm. uh, digitizing the inventory and asset usage uh, through the use of barcode, barcode printers and scanners. That also include the use of real time location system. And so uh, nowadays, uh, you know, uh, we use uh, generally a lot of hospitals are using a mixture of RFID, whether is it passive and active, or even a BLE technologies to track the asset uh, movement and as well as the usage uh, pattern itself. And, uh, you know, the beauty about that here is, you know, uh, of mobile device, which again, uh, Elizabeth had mentioned, right? Um, it's not just to receive information and insights on their critical supplies or even asset movement, but you can even double as what you call a scanner and a communication and collaboration, right? And um, so so that's really a lot a lot of uh, room for technology to actually uh, play in this uh, area.
0: Excellent. I'd love all of your input on this one, starting with Ricky. Knowing some technology solutions that were just mentioned, such as real-time location systems, may take some time to deploy in healthcare settings, are there tools that hospitals and clinics have in place today that could be configured to better support inventory management and asset tracking needs?
1: Absolutely. We've discussed it here that today's clinical environment has really changed most recently Having the reduced foot traffic and just less disruption to patient care is vital. I've mentioned before that clinicians need to remain focused on caring for patients. Elizabeth and James have each mentioned technologies that are in place today, and those can carry over and start to be utilized immediately for this automation of task and bringing visibility to solutions. So including um solutions for barcoding and scanning, and in particular, as, as Elizabeth shared earlier, about clinical mobility. Clinical mobility has so many um, actionable use cases that can support automation and uh, bring visibility to asset management uh, moving forward. These lack of automated technologies today that alerts to the needs of the status and location certainly can lead to disruption in patient care without the technologies that are in place, our clinicians can be reliant on manual processes for notifying um, other areas and departments that are responsible for servicing this equipment. So such as having to uh, send a page and then wait by a phone, um, right where today using clinical mobility across the entire enterprise, mobilizing all staff members, both clinical and ancillary to communicate with one another's can greatly Uh, provide impact.
2: I'll go next, Dan. (laughs) I think in terms of what Ricky, or just following on from what Ricky was saying, that having the um, the technology available is really going to support the inventory management. So particularly with medicines and things, if you've got a a stock limit of a certain amount on the shelf and you take one or two off, then with the technology, it can automate to replace it. And it also means you're going to get a rotation of stock. So you're not going to have expired stock sitting on a shelf which ultimately will cost money to the hospital. So you're actually using the technology. You'll actually be um, financially benefiting the hospital. You won't have ex- um, old stock sitting on the shelf and you'll get this rotation. And also it's going to facilitate the um, supply chain workflows. Yeah.
3: You know, that's a very interesting point, um, Elizabeth, uh, because, uh, you know what? I just spoke with a uh, hospital regional CIO just a few hours ago. And um, so we talk about uh, how do we go about in starting something like a RFID, right, of uh, key critical supplies and assets. So um, then we all agree that, look, you know, uh, for anyone who want to start, you know, uh, we should actually start small. Um, then we talk about realizing the value of such a project and then grow from there. The Actually, this, this, this approach um, to starting on this uh, technology journey uh, Will also provide a lot of uh, this small project provide a lot of key data points. In fact, uh, to support, let's say, a CIO or a director of nursing to we'll support their uh, board justification to expand its scope and to cover uh, more supplies and assets in time to come. So um, that's, that's in case anyone wants to know, like, how do I start? Uh, they can actually start small. Yeah,
0: mm, makes a lot of sense. Elizabeth, could these same technologies or applications help healthcare systems comply with regulations such as the Falsified Medicines Directive or European Union Medical Device Regulation?
2: Absolutely. Uh, and with the scanner, the scanner is always 100% correct. And in fact, the, the regulatory bodies, uh, the TGA and the FDA, that actually require medical device packaging, whether it be consumables or hardware, require a UDI in the form of plain text and barcoding. So the scanning of the information eliminates the risk of human error, which is normally that information is manually entered into a computer system. So by scanning it, you're eliminating that that risk. And ultimately, that maintains patient safety. And GS1 Australia advocates uh, the g which is used to identify uh, different products and variants and packaging configurations. So if, for example, there was a, a recall or an event, having that technology available directly into the system, uh, removing human error for incorrect uh, typing of numbers or letters, whatever it may be, means that you can do that recall immediately. And ultimately that's going to be, you know, the safety of the patient. So mm. definitely that technology um, can be used there. Mm-hmm very good
0: ricky i would imagine inventory management is also critical to acting quickly on device or drug recalls as well right
1: absolutely i think elizabeth just shared a great example of that and to add on Mm -hmm. being aware of the recall is really the first step it's a critical step it's the first step the next most important step is to assure the timely removal of these recalled items whether they are a device or a medication. So ensuring it stopped its use um, immediately. Today's processes without utilizing scanning technology or UDI, um, however, are very manual. They're labor intensive they take quite a bit of time to execute. And the longer it takes to execute and remove these items from the care care areas, the more increased risk our patients and our clinicians are at for utilizing this device um, during a recalled time.
2: Yeah. Good.
0: Appreciate that insight. James, going back to something we briefly spoke about earlier, the deployment and utilization of the right technology is certainly critical in improving visibility into inventory levels and asset locations. However, that does require some process and workflow re-engineering as well, right?
3: Yeah, um, it is. Uh, in fact, uh, for based on my experience, for any successful uh, system implementation um, and for it also to be sustainable, there are three pillars where generally uh, technologies we have to look into, right? The first one is process, and uh, that is actually to address, like for example, in this case, it's like what product to monitor, when to order, how much to order, where is it being used, or who is using it, etc. So process is actually a very critical aspect of it, right? So the first thing for it to be successful, a pro- process or processes have to be created. The next one is people, right? So we need to train the people um, to configure the system and using the system uh, for better insights and uh, action for their daily usage. And uh, the third one is actually technology. Technology, is only as good as the people and process. So um, when both are done right, right, we can use the system and in fact the mobile application to monitor or to receive insights or information to the usage patterns of the inventory or even the asset location. And, you know, of these three, um, the most important is actually the people, the process and technology. Now, allow me to uh, end this particular uh, point by planting a thought in the listener's head, right? If a hospital gets its asset management right and also their patient and staff management right as well, You know, these data points from these three areas can essentially set the stage for workflow orchestration, which can actually drive up operational efficiency as well as increase overall uh, patient uh, experience. Back to you.
0: Mm, Thank you, James. Very nice. You mentioned training, and I would imagine some training will be needed to ensure doctors, nurses, and other staff know how to use their clinical smartphones or scanners in some instances to report the use of supplies or devices. Ricky and Elizabeth, would you agree?
2: Yep.
1: A wholeheartedly.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. The training and end user support is vital to technology adoption. James, I really appreciate your uh, comments on um, process people and technology, and you're right. uh, A true balance between all of them is is critical in this. So, executing a training methodology that ensures clinicians and and across all staff are comfortable and aware of both how to use the technologies as well as its capabilities to influence their day-to-day work is critically important. So looking at multi-modalities t- to do that training, whether that be in classroom learning, um, follow up elbow support as we call it. So having additional champions or super users uh, nearby physically present in the care environment to support technology, both at the additional deployment and then routinely uh, in an ongoing basis moving forward. Or as I've mentioned earlier, that the clinical environment is changing and having that reduced traffic and less um, uh, individuals in the environment, it's certainly creating some challenges with technology adoption. So looking at solutions such as video on device learning, which put learning educational videos directly on the device that a clinician or a staff member is using can absolutely influence um, adoption, as well as then directly relate to the impact of the technology uh, implementation going forward.
0: Great. Elizabeth, anything you'd like to add?
2: No, I think uh, James and Vicky have just nailed it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I agree. Well, You've all saying. nailed it. With Yeah, please <laughs> go ahead.
2: I, said, I just think in, in light of our current situation globally, uh, healthcare has changed, I think, forever. It's changed in the way of how we have done things in the past. And I think it's, as I said earlier, it's embracing and fast-tracking the use of digital technology in how we do that and what's that going to look like. I think that's um, just a reflection comment, really.
0: Mm. That's fantastic advice. Thank you all. We really appreciate you sharing these insights with our audience, and we are looking forward to speaking with you again as we continue to monitor the progress of healthcare's modernization efforts. Until then, we hope our listeners will stay tuned to our Your Edge blog to learn about the many other ways that technology is benefiting clinicians and patients around the world. I'm Therese Van Rijn, and thank you again for listening to this episode of the Your Edge podcast.